Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to bring to you Supreme. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Supreme Decisions Legal Minute. And yes, I'm your host, Supreme Decisions. Well, today I have something that I hope you guys can actually kind of grasp on to. And I hope this is something that you can actually take with you in your matters of growth. Today's episode is going to be called The Laws of You. The reason why I actually decided to put this together is because I, I was looking at something and it was it was a Kobe Bryant type deal and they were talking about the Mamba mentality. How you want to be the best version of you every day. How you want to look for something that allows you to grow beyond where you are today. And while I was watching that, I had to think about something. And in thinking about that, it made me think about you, the listeners, the people that are following me, those that are subscribed to the channel. What is it that I bring to you? How do I benefit your life? What's your purpose for listening to me? Do I even have a benefit? But then even asking that question of you, it reflects back to me. What's my ultimate goal? What are my goals for law? What is the purpose for my channel? What is the purpose for my continuation with the channel? And a lot of times I, I, get, I get stuck right there because you hear the slogan, is justice for all. I stand by the truth. No matter who tells it, I want justice no matter who it's for. Because one thing I talk about is the, your feelings don't dictate law. And there are even times I've looked at I've looked at cases and I've thought, why in the hell would somebody defend them? But when in fact there was something that was said, and it was even those that are accused of the most heinous crimes are free to have a vigorous defense. And then it goes back to the church here. Let ten guilty go free, lest one innocent remain incarcerated or harmed. And it actually makes me dig deep because justice for all, what does that really mean? What does that mean to me? Truth. Because I deal in a system that has no place for the truth. It really doesn't. And those of you that are looking for the truth in our legal system, you are lost. Because it doesn't preside there. When you can look at 67% of all people that are in prison right now, they're literally innocent because they're in there not because of actual um, crimes. They're in there for things that either shouldn't be crimes or because they were too afraid to go to a trial. And I know that's a hard thing to think about. But when you have 95% of all people either paying a fine or taking a plea, that does not mean someone is guilty of something 
just because they're in jail. And then when you're looking at those that are in jail that are getting out because of things such as DNA, meaning they could not have committed a crime. When you're looking at those that are executed, when they should not have been convicted and should have been exonerated, that is a wrong thing. Those are the things that I don't want. Those are the things I want to prevent. Those are the reasons I have this channel. Those are the reasons where I speak justice for all. But what does that mean to you? How does that benefit you? Because if I'm talking about only 5% of people are even fighting back, nobody's on here because they just want to learn law. You're here listening to me because you're going through something. You went through something. You're dealing with something. Or you're tired of something. Is that your purpose? What are your goals for listening to me? It's generally going to be to get out of something, to stop something, to become better at something. And it's a means of defense. That's why I'm coming up with the series, Weaponizing Your Defense. Because we're looking at law on several different fronts. And every one of those fronts, they're being weaponized against us. Those that are looking at our captors, they're the ones that are supposed to be our protectors. When we're looking at the essence of what's supposed to be and what is, it's the reason that you have a goal for listening to me. That's part of your goal of subscribing to my channel because hopefully I'm giving you something to allow you to get over something. To defend yourself against something. To be better at something. To improve your vision on something. Because a lot of times when we're looking at this, I talk about tangibility. I hope this allows tangibility in my essence of giving you words. Visually showing you something different. Hopefully pointing you in directions of something more. To where you guys stand out and then become a donor. Now here's the reason why. Because I go through my videos probably on a weekly basis. I should do it more often. But the reasons you hear me speaking about donations and donors and buying t-shirts and supporting the podcast, and it's because the thing that I'm giving you is something nobody wants to teach. And then the level I'm teaching it, nobody has done or will do or willing to do. Because there are a lot of people that talk about some things and they and people often tell me that have been studying for 10, 15 years. They say, I didn't know that. You gave me something. You gave me another bullet for my chambers. You offer me a vision. My question is, is that what I'm doing for you? Because when you're looking at the fact that I say become a donor, become somebody that supports this channel, it's because when you're looking at monetization on a platform such as YouTube, 
you're looking at the fact that YouTube isn't actually looking to pay anyone. They actually are looking to suppress views. They're looking to limit knowledge. Most people say, well, that's stupid because, yeah, I can just Google stuff on YouTube and I can learn how to fix my car. That's great. Because it allows somebody else to generate money. But the thing I teach you is how to keep revenue. How to not become subject to something that is unlawful unless you're choosing to do it. And then I, I'm going to put together a video because I want to give you the aspects of the things that I'm offering to you. Because even at something at 100 bucks a month, it doesn't even come close to what's being given for $40,000 a semester at Harvard, for $38,000 a semester at Yale, for $37,000 a semester at Princeton. These are the things that you're getting for pennies. A lot of you are getting for free. Hell, I even get phone calls because I want... You know, I get phone calls because people still want more for free. And I sit down and I think about it. If you're not willing to pay for someone's time, for someone's energy... For someone else's assistance. You're not willing to offer anything. In regards to that. Except a. a beholding promise. Oh I'm going to do this later. Well guess what. You want free stay on YouTube. You want free keep listening to the podcast. Because becoming a donor. Allows me to go deeper. Allows me to continue doing these videos. It allows me to keep giving you more and more knowledge. It allows me to show you a world that they want hidden. That's why when I read, Woe unto ye lawyers. They are the hinderers of knowledge. They are the gatekeepers of our liberty. And if you donating or refusing to donate, but wanting to keep your liberty, what does that say about the worth of your liberty? If you don't hold your liberty in any regard, you should never expect anyone else to hold your liberty in any regard. If you're not willing to sacrifice anything to be free, to learn something, to go beyond where you are, then you should not be on the phone with me. You should not be in my emails. You should not be texting me. Because what is it that you are looking for if you're not willing to sacrifice? Because if you're not willing to help, assist, produce for yourself, How are you going to be able to bite down on that mouthpiece when it's time? How are you going to be able to go through something when you're not willing to go into something? 
Because those that are enlisting in the Supreme Society, which is the $100 a month, they're willing to take another, another step in the master class. They're willing to go a little bit further. They're willing to take into account the cost. Because most people have no idea that a shitty lawyer or attorney or representation is a $5,000 retainer. And that's not somebody that can actually produce for you. That's somebody that's not going to give you a vigorous defense. That's not somebody that's actually going to do something on your behalf. That's just somebody that's taking a paycheck. But most of you aren't willing to come up with $5, let alone 5000 So again, when you're not enlisting in the Supreme Society, when you're not becoming a donor, what are your goals for listening for me? Sometimes these pauses aren't for dramatic effect. It's for you to think about what it is that I'm saying. What is do I offer you? How do I make you better? What's your benefit that you're getting from here? Am I just wasting your time? Am I wasting mine by sitting here giving this to you? Because if that's the case, all of us have lost. If I'm no more than a stepping stone or something that takes time out of your life, you need to cut the podcast off right now. Don't subscribe. Don't donate. Don't do anything. Let me be a distant memory. Because my ultimate goal is to help you get to another level in your life. And me, by doing that, through Supreme Decisions, is offering you an opportunity. That's it. Because when I think about what it is I'm doing, the reason I'm doing it, there's a question of how am I inspiring others? And I think I inspire others because of some things that I've done. I've won the RICO case. I sat first chair. I did it pro se. I picked Wadir. I went through something. My family went through something. And I came out the other side victorious. Many people are having trouble in state courts and they're sitting down and they're looking around and they don't understand some of the things that are set in front of you. That's one of the reasons why I started giving you options for state court is because I understand that's easier. That's the, that's the playground. But that's also not your playground. The one thing I do understand is home field advantage. And your home should be federal court because everything that you do, that you do rather, is a civil liberty. So there's civil liability attached to it every time there's a wrong. Now my question is, I want you guys to comment. How am I inspiring you? Let me know where you're at. 
What is your goal for my channel? Why are you listening to me? Because oftentimes I don't, I don't ask any questions. Very few times do I ask questions. Do I even have what they call a call to action? Because even some Sundays I've had a question and answer session and nobody asked a question. Or people wanted me to talk about a doctrine from the 1800s. But don't understand how to apply Terry v. Ohio. They want to be free and left alone, but they don't want to fight. They want to send paperwork. They want to make phone calls. Not understanding that every bully, you have to look them in the eye before they back down. You have to give them a reason to stop. You have to show up for the fight. And just to give you give you kind of a idea, and I always use a lot, a lot of sports and boxing and MMA metaphors, but I'm going give to you, give you one because last night I saw something that was different. I looked at Terrence Crawford versus Kale Brooks. Now, the thing on that fight was Kale Brooks, He's the bigger guy. He's the natural 145. He was the champion, and he looked absolutely monstrous. Like, he looked the best I had seen him look in at least three to four years. And you look at a guy, Terrence Crawford, who was coming up in weight. He's not a natural 147 guy. Terrence Crawford is not supposed to be a monster. And that's how a lot of us are looking at our legal system. We're looking at the judges. We're looking at the police. We're looking at all these, the prosecutors as Kale Brook, these monsters. They look monsters. Why? Because of our false expectation appearing real. Because of our fear. The thing is, it is not our darkness that frightens us the most it is our light because when we shine we give others the ability and permission to shine I'm shining my light so you can understand monsters are less scary in the light you can be Terrence Crawford. You can be the person that's not naturally there. But understand how strong you really are. Because Terrence Crawford, the betting line was he had to go at least nine rounds before he knocked out Kell Brooks. But for sure he was going to win that fight. Because all of us understand they're not dealing in law. So for sure you're going to win that fight. You just have to show up. But the surprise to everyone was Crawford rocked Kell Brooks, not with an overhand right, not with a monstrous hook, but a sharp, placed jab. I'm going to say that one more time. He didn't hit him with a power punch. He didn't hit him with a monstrous uppercut. He hit him with a finely placed jab because he didn't go in there throwing bombs he didn't go in there just winging wildly 
He went in there with purpose. He went in there with direction. And he executed precisely. Those are the things that I'm trying to give to you. I'm trying to help you be Terrence Crawford because I'm allowing the light to shine. Giving you permission to shine your light. How am I inspiring you? Now, a lot of you follow me on this channel as well as a few other ones. And one of the things I have, I have a channel called Energy Mover. And in that, it is actually me meditating. Because the horrors of the world, you know, if, we, if we're watching news and we're ingesting all this, this filth for the most part, we have to find a way to release them. You have to find a way to get rid of the toxins in your body. And meditation is one of those means. It allows you to not only get into better health, it also allows you to have a clearer mind. It also allows you to be a better you. So in part of that meditation, one of those, again, is the meditation on the word day and night. Now, a lot of us take that as a biblical text. But if you look through not only religious texts, it's done through psychological texts. It's also done through literary text. Because meditation simply means focus. Now, that's not the actual meaning, but that's the actual context of it. It's focus on the word day and night. And just like you hear these guys, I don't play boxing. I don't play boxing. Ball is life. Well, in this case, law is life. Because every aspect of law deals with very every aspect of your life. And in knowing that, and understanding that, and execute, executing within that, it allows you to grow from that, to be able to better understand that, and to be able to better protect that. Because knowing is half the battle. But understanding to apply it, how to apply it, when to apply it, where to apply it, and where it applies to you are the separations that nobody else is offering you because very few people can offer it to you I'm gonna say that one more time I'm offering something that very few people can offer you because very few people understand how to offer it and very few people are able to offer it or willing how am I inspiring you this is one of those one of those things where the context of the question is more important than the question itself because you have to have that understanding of what it is you're going to do 
what level you're going to commit to it. Because at the end of the day, if there's no inspiration, if there's no purpose, if there's no vision, what are you doing? Because I even asked a young lady the other day, we were, we were sitting down, we were going through a lot of stuff, and I asked her, like, why do you have so much stuff here? And she was like, oh, well, I have this because I'm using this. Well, I want to save this for later. And I asked her one, one flat-out easy question. Well, at least I thought it was easy. I asked her, picked up a couple items. I said, is this making you any money? She said, no. Now I asked her, why do you still have it then? Because if it's not making you money, it's costing you money. So anything that is costing you something is a liability and not an asset. It shouldn't be in your house. It shouldn't be in your life. That includes friends and family. Because when you're carrying those negative connotations from those people, those are the things that cause you to want to settle your mind, want to be able to focus. The purpose of why you would need to meditate, why you would need to regress and understand where's your focus. Because your liabilities are always negatives. How much negativity do you need in your life before you need to make a change? How am I inspiring you? Am I an asset or am I a liability? Because an asset is something that greatens you, helps you become greater. It heightens you. It gives you something to develop to something else. It allows you a means to going somewhere better. How am I inspiring you? Where's your focus? Because most people that sit there, I speak with, a lot of people focus on what could happen. They go out and they're working, they've been doing this for years, and they live on hypotheticals. Why? Because they have no idea how to execute. They have no idea what it means to go to another level or to be at another level. A lot of them work on things that they've heard. Not things that they understood to be applied, but things that they've heard worked once and could possibly might work again. But then you see me. And then you question everything. Why? Because everything I give you is laid out in front of you. But then you'll go and listen. You won't donate. You want to call me and talk to me for free. And then you wonder, how am I inspiring you? How am I making you being better? What am I doing? Is there a purpose for me being in your ear, being a part of your life? Why are you giving me this time? Why do I have this blessing from you? 
or is this just something that you're living for in this moment? Is my channel just a part of your moment? Are the words that are coming out of my mouth just something to be heard? Am I that voice of reason? Am I that shot in the dark? Again, how am I inspiring you? Am I helping you grow to be better? Am I giving you something necessary? Am I leaving you in the dark? Or should I just give everything for free? Not worry about my time. Not worry about my essence. Not worry about my children or my life or anything. I should worry 100% about you and your situation. Regardless that no one else does it, but I should. Because I actually had a young man tell me, stop asking to be compensated for your time. And at the same time, this young man gets up six o'clock in the morning, goes to a job, and asks to be compensated for his time as he trades time for money. Doesn't have any skill. Doesn't benefit anybody on any level other than the building of somebody else's dream. But he's going to do something which is the opposite of which he's asking me to do himself. But my question to you is should I do it? Am I inspiring you? What is my purpose in your life? What's the purpose of this channel to you? And then I come across this thing called the law of reverse effect. And again, this is this is the beautiful part of it. Because again, you know, I love Kobe. Love him. Still will. Always will. Kobe was that dude for me. Kobe was, you know, like I said, as close to Mike as you were going to get. Now, the one thing about Kobe, Kobe was talking about pressure. Pressure is self-made. Pressure is bust pipes and create diamonds. And here's the great part about that. I spoke about what creates pressure. False expectations appearing real. Where's your focus? Most of it is on the what could happen. Not on something they actually know. Not on something that they've actually practiced. Not on something they actually understood works. Their lack of confidence. That's what creates the pressure. But the one thing that I understood was pressure doesn't exist. Now I get to give you a little bit of a story. Whenever I used to play ball, one of the things that actually irked the hell out of me was right before every game I had butterflies. And I, oh, they used to drive me crazy because I'd be so nervous. I had them in middle school when I started playing football until I got hit. Then all of a sudden, the rest of that didn't matter. All the nervousness was gone. All the fear was gone. 
when I played basketball, right up to that first air ball. Here's the crazier part. 40 plus years old, still get butterflies for the tip off. I've never told anybody that, but it's funny because there's a lot less on the line and I still get butterflies. I still have those false expectations of how the game is going to start. Is he better than me? Is he faster than me? Yeah, no, it's not Jimmy Shaker Day. Just understand that. And yes, that's a Mel Gibson hostage reference. Yeah, today ain't Jimmy Shaker Day. I'm still that guy. Still that dude. I will always and forever be that dude. I'm forever buckets. But at the same time, I understand what it's like to walk that aisle one more time. I'm going to say that. I understand how to walk that aisle one more time. Because it's not winning the belt that makes you the champion. It's defending it. It's the willingness to look that monster in the eye and become another monster. Because only a monster can kill a monster. If you're going in there half-cocked, if you're going in there to leave somebody on, on the table, if you're going in there to leave survivors, you will lose. Because they are going in to kill, destroy everything in their path. They are not looking to save you or anybody that looks to be around helping you. So if you go in there and you're looking to save somebody else, just because they got in the way, and oh, well, I, I shouldn't do that. It's not really that serious. And then come find out they're the ones biting your ass. This isn't for you. Because then again, how am I inspiring you? What purpose do we have? Did that create pressure for you? Because what I'm going to tell you is every time you look the devil in the eye, it's going to be scary. That's why every time, what is it you're willing to lose to win? How far are you willing to go? Because I even told, I was telling a friend of mine the other day, the funniest thing was whenever I was going through this stuff, I was willing to go to extremes. When I first said these things, like, you know what, I'm willing to do this until it happened. Now I have to, I have to go through it because I told you I was willing to do it. How far are you willing to go? Because there was a question of an eye for an eye. Because you know the old adage. And eye for an eye, we both lose our sight. The return was, I'm willing to lose my sight to beat you. Nine for an eye, I'm willing to lose that eye. Because the only thing that matters at that point is my win that's why you have to figure out what is your level of justice how far are you willing to go to get that what is the purpose how am I inspiring you 
What are your ultimate goals? Did that put pressure on you? The idea of sacrifice. The idea of loss. Because most people's idea of loss is a lot greater than their fear of failure. Most people are willing to accept failure to keep a hypothetical loss. Let's say that one more time. People are willing to accept failure to keep a hypothetical loss. Why? Because self-made pressure from false expectations. Self-destruction from false expectations. The ability not to be self-reliant. The ability to not be self-sufficient. The willing to not walk that out one more time. The look for convenience. The ideas of acceptance. Because the one thing I love about this is the fact that we're going, we're deep in year three. Deep. Actually, what, September 17th was year three. We're starting year four. We're still going. And the great part about this is the fact that what I'm talking about is not something that's popular. I can look at all these strikes I got on YouTube and the demonetization that's going on to understand that this is not a popular topic. But yet, we're still going. Why? Not because of YouTube. But in spite of just YouTube. Because of those that I am inspiring. Those that I have helped out. Those that are looking for the inspiration. Uh, the inspiration and I guess I'm from Atlanta so I get a little bit of Young Jeezy from that cause the inspiration's on the way and the greatest part about that is listening to the videos watching the videos paying attention to the videos listening to the podcast gives you one head up on pressure I help relieve pressure I'm going to say that one because the pressure that you fear the expectations that you have come from the simple something real simple the existence of something that's not real I offer you an opportunity to change your expectation. That's why I used to do all the videos and had the matrix in at the, at the end of it. I'm offering you an opportunity to change your mind about how it was programmed, what's being expected of you, what's expected of them, and how it's expected. Because when you're doing this, there are a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of things that are said, done, and are pretty much put into effect that 
don't offer you a real reason behind it. But here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the opportunity to see beyond yourself. I'm going to give you an opportunity to think about something. And then I'm going to the one and only commercial that we're going to have this episode. How do I inspire you? What's the purpose of your subscription to my channel? What do you expect from me? And are you willing to sacrifice to win? What's up, everybody, and welcome back. And I apologize because the second half is going to be a little bit shorter. But as we catch up, understanding pressure is self-made, thus pressure does not exist. So when we're standing before that demon, that devil, that whatever you want to call it, that monster, that monster doesn't exist. So we can continue and function as high as a, at a high level and as high as we would like because we are able, capable, and have the ability to do so. Now, again, I'm going to go into a few other things. And the next thing I'm going to talk about, the law of transformation. And no, we're not going to need Michael Bay for this one. But the one thing I want to offer, I want to offer an opportunity, again, for those seeking to grow, Versus those seeking to accomplish. Because those seeking growth. Are the ones that are looking to be better tomorrow. Than they are today. Those that want to be better today than they were yesterday. Those are the ones that practice Kassin. And in the midst of doing this. It's not only understanding knowledge is power. Because I'm giving you our opportunities to understand what power truly is because having the knowledge is one part that's like having weights at your house until you have resistance there is no strength gaining so you have to understand the weights have to be applied in a resistance form for you to have actual power the ability and understanding where those applications are. It's pretty much just the understanding of the movements of when you're grabbing the weights and what body part they affect as you lift them or push them or pull them. Because each one of these are situational. I'm going to say that one more time. I often speak about the subjectivity of law. Versus the situation that law applies in. But that's where the difference between growing and accomplishing separate. Because you have people that go to school for years to accomplish and pass the bar. And say, I got my bar membership. Versus those that seek to know exactly what it is how it applies, how it affects them, and how it affects the situations they're in. 
I'm going to say that one more time. You have those that go to school for an accomplishment. Just to say they did it. Versus those that are watching and listening to me. That are saying, you know what, I want to understand how it is. How it applies to me. When it applied to me. And how to apply it effectively. But then now we go back to how do you measure your success? Do you measure it by the acceptance of the knowledge that's being given to you? Am I motivating you? Am I inspiring you? Am I helping you grow? Is that success enough? Do you count the successes that you have from what I'm offering you in the courtroom? Are you offering those successes to others? Are you transferring this? Are you sharing the videos? Are you sharing the podcast? Hell, is it inspiring enough? Or is it helping enough? Are you successful enough to want more? Are you willing to dig in your pocket? Because of what's being given to you. Because that's where true inspiration comes from. Is that where your success is measured at? And even doing all of this, and you're finally able to stand up, you relieve all your pressure, you're confident, you're standing in front of that monster. What's your level of justice? Because that too is situational. That too has to be a decision because you have to begin with the end in mind. Because just like Machiavelli the Prince, I love that book. I actually went back and reread it a couple weeks ago. One of the things, if you're going to go after your enemies, go after them totally and completely to destroy them. That's pretty much the mindset you have to be in. Because only a monster can defeat a monster. But if you're looking to not destroy them completely, what's your level of justice? Are you going in as a sniper just to get one and move on? Or are you going in to do a corrective, <laughs> a corrective objective? That's one of the things you have to ask. What's your level of justice? Beginning with the end in mind. Where are you going? Because again, if there's no vision, you will fail. You will perish. You will not succeed. And is that part of your measure of success? And if that is it, what is your measure of success? Because that's, what, that's where we're at. That's what you have to decide. Because as you go on, you have to figure out who you are. And then th that actually kind of segues into the next one. It's the law of identity. Know thyself. Now, one of the things, you know, one of the things I could say, I could have been a better parent. I, like, I left a lot of room for that one. But one of the things I did teach all of my kids was the fact that Regardless of what's going on, 
the number one thing you need is to know thyself. Because until you know who you are, you can't be prepared to go against anybody else. But part of knowing who you are is knowing what you are willing to sacrifice to get what it is that you want, to getting to your level of justice. What are you doing to get to that means? What end are you willing? What is your level of willingness to lose? Because an eye for an eye, I'm willing to lose my sight. I actually had a young man who was in jail and I went to help him out and I asked him, why'd you go ahead and take the deal? He said, because I'm not built like you. I can't take that much pressure. And I know that. The only thing I could do is reach my arms out and hug him. Because he understood, know thyself. Because fighting from the inside, the pressures are different. When you're fighting against the unknown, the pressures are different. He wasn't sure what he was going to lose or how it was going to be lost, but he knew he had in his mind, he wasn't willing to sacrifice it. He wasn't willing to challenge the unknown. He wasn't willing to go through more than was necessary in his idea. These are the things that you need to know. Because again, this is part of what is your level of justice. This is your idea of pressure. Because even in doing this, who do you see yourself as? Now, oftentimes we have an opportunity to look at the world through somebody else's eyes. And one of the things that I, I miss, I miss it a lot. It was one of those where I'm 12 years old, I'm looking to play play a sport, and my father's like, nope, you're not going to do it. I can't be there. So I'm running around the track, and I look up in the stands, and it's like meet number 900 or something. And my father was there. I lost that race horribly. And I thought to myself, you know what? I don't want to be that dude. So then I had an opportunity to coach AAU football and some rec football for 12 and 13-year-olds. And the one thing I was, I offered them something that I didn't have or I felt I didn't have. I saw myself as my father. I saw myself as someone they could actually look at. Not look up to, but look at. Because a lot of times, we spend a lot of times looking up. But not a lot of times looking at. I gave them something tangible. And that was just someone that was there to not scold them, but to listen. Because I saw myself as someone that was reasonable. 
I saw myself that was under someone that was understanding. I saw myself as a problem solver. Because even now, I tell my children, whenever they call me, I don't really care about the conversation or what it is. I care that you know you have someone that you can be honest with. I'm not going to ever tell you you don't have consequences from it. Because it, just because it's not coming from me doesn't mean it's not coming from somewhere. Because there isn't, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Because I want them to see me as someone that they can come to regardless of what the situation is. Because that's how I want to be able to see myself. That's not always how this happens. But you do have to understand, you have to see yourself as something. As a certain this or that. Even in the context of understanding this law. Even in the context of applying this law. Who do you see yourself as? Because even when you look at Harvard. Harvard Law puts out the best law litigators in the world, period, point blank, not an argument. They're the most successful. They win the most cases. They make the most money. So now I'm going to give you that because I'm leaving, hitting you with the lead in because that's why I, whenever I started this, one of the reference or one of the resources I offered you was Harvard Law Review. Why? Because it's free. You can't go to Harvard to get it, but you can go to Harvard's website to get it. Now, when I first started out playing basketball, there was a guy that played for the Milwaukee Bucks, or had been released by the Milwaukee Bucks. And we were out playing, and we were kind of kicking, and I told him I wanted to get serious about playing ball because I was athletic. I had just had my third concussion in football, and I knew football wasn't what God wanted me to do. So I had to find something else. And one of the things he said to me was, I'm going to offer you an option. He said, do you want to be a good player or do you want to be a great player? I looked at him like he was crazy as hell. But it was in that answer I understood what he was asking. Now, in the context, I told him I'm a great player. Why in the hell would I not want to be that? But when we're talking about law, if I want to be great at what I do as far as litigation, why am I not going to Harvard Law Review? Why am I not studying Harvard lawyers? Why am I not understanding the context of what it is that's being given out by the best that's doing it? So you look at the difference between good and great. There was a wide receiver. Name was Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens was one of the greatest wide receivers to ever lace it up. Play for the San Francisco 49ers. Well, when he got there, he spoke about how he was a monster when it worked, when it was coming time to work out. Until. I'm gonna say that one more time. Because again, remember the question that was asked me: do you want to be good or do you want to be great? My answer was, I want to be great. Terrell Owen, his answer was, I want to be great. 
Now he's lined up in the same locker room with one of the greatest of all time. Absolute GOAT. Jerry the Man Rice. Terrell Owen, who was considered an absolute monster when it came to working out, said he had nothing compared to Jerry Rice. Terrell Owens, one of the greatest of all time, looked good standing next to one of the greatest. Good versus great. People actually look at LeBron James, and he talked about he thought he was working out like that dude. Nobody was better than him until he went to the Olympics and worked out with Kobe. Good versus great. Because we look at how great LeBron is now. How great he was when he came in. But then he was nothing. Standing next to Kobe. And his greatness. Because you work differently to be great. You go above and beyond when you're looking to be great. You do. <laughs> you know one of the greatest things I actually heard LeBron say this year during the playoffs? The Lakers were kind of struggling. They were going through some things. They were only down a couple points. LeBron came down, hit a couple shots. Kuz hit a couple shots. AD went out and went bananas. And they were down four. LeBron dapped everybody up. And he looked at him simply. We're built different. That's all he said. We're built different. He didn't give an explanation to it. We're built different. LeBron offered everybody the opportunity to understand everybody else in the league was really good. The Clippers, really good. The Mavericks, really good. Denver, really good. The Lakers were great. Because they were built different. They did different things. They understood and executed differently. That's what you have to understand. Do you want to be good at this? Or do you want to be great at that? Do you understand what level it is that you have to... Is this a hobby for you? Is this just something that... How am I inspiring you? What level of justice are you looking for? How much are you willing to sacrifice... All of this goes into that one context. That's it. Separating yourself from good to great. Understand, that's a question that has to be answered. You have to know yourself. You have to begin with the end in mind. Because even at the end of a lot of the podcasts I had, because I'm going to show you how great I am. Muhammad Ali showed you the difference between good and great. You look at someone with one loss on his record. And that's Floyd Joy Mayweather Sr. The only person he lost to was Sugar Ray. Had a couple of titles. Nobody really heard of him. Wasn't really a big thing. Roger Mayweather was the bigger Mayweather. Then comes his son. 50-0, nobody can stand him. He showed you the difference between good and great. 
Because whether you like him or don't like him, what Floyd did was great. His father was really good. Nobody had heard of him. His son pretty much emulated the exact same thing he did, except he didn't lose. He showed you greatness. Same thing. Different outcome. And now that leaves me with the last one we're going to talk about today. The law of magnetism. Preparing for possibilities and being ready when they come. This, to me, is probably number two. Because all the other ones, the law of identity, the law of transformation, the law of, of reverse effect, the law of meditation, the ultimate goals, your subscription, the time you're putting in, the questions that are being asked, where's your focus? Do you know thyself? And understanding, even the better you get at anything, your very strength invites challenges. Somebody, something, somewhere is going to offer you a challenge. One of the most important things I got was from my brother. When I was preparing for a trial, one of the things he told me, he said, I, you have to know your opponent just as well as you know yourself. I did a lot of digging. I got personal with John Melvin. I understood where he went to church at, his congregation, wife and kids, his occupation, what he wanted to do for a living, what, what was his ultimate goal as, as a child. What I got to know him intimately. I got to know his style. I got to respect the fact that I understood his strengths. But I also understood how to make his strengths his weaknesses. Whenever I had emotion, I had a lawyer that I respected. He was, he was a highly rated, high rated lawyer in Atlanta. And he told me one thing whenever he was like, are you confident? Are you confident with your what you're getting ready to file? I told him yes. Hey, you think you can win with? It? I told him yes. He said, "Then take it home and beat it." He said, and "Then when you beat that, you now get to the other side the table and you beat that." He said, "Because nobody knows this case better than you. So therefore, no one can bring up anything else that you don't already know." It was telling me to prepare for all possibilities. He was offering me an opportunity to be ready when they came. He offered me the ideals of directing my narrative. He showed me a path for painting my story. He gave me the idea of beginning with the end in mind. He offered me direction for my level of justice. My question to you is, how do I inspire you?